0: Oh, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh,
1: one more time. Oh, one more time. Oh, oh, time. Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> President A-Dub, it's time to Bear Down. Let's get it. Shout out to the homie, Mitchell Galloway. We got that dub, fam. Welcome to the Berry Centrals. On today's show, we break down the Bears' 16-14 victory over Detroit Lions and much, much more. And A-Dub, Club Dub was back open.
0: How was that turkey game, fam? Yeah, turkey was all good. But most importantly, press, we got that W, man. Like you said, Club Dub back open. Now, I told you, if they didn't win this
1: game, I wasn't going to let it fuck my day over either way. But that Thanksgiving meal went down a little easier after the Bears got that victory. And I know, audience, I know, it was against the Lions. The Lions are trash, but hey, man, I'm still going to take that win. I enjoyed it, A-Dub. Now, it wasn't the most uh, satisfying victory, if you will, but I'm still going to take that W because if they lost that game, we we'll all be on here talking some major shit today.
0: Yeah, man, you talk about how low can you get. I mean, lose to Detroit, that is low, right? This is a team that haven't won a game, so I'll take the victory. Some people may say just squeaking by a team
1: like Detroit. Also, maybe it feels more of like a loss, too, but I don't know. I'm choosing to look at it positively. We're going to get into everything that we saw in this matchup. But, audience, hey, we moved to four and seven. We're going to take this. We're going to take it. Let's recap our prediction. So, heading into this week 12 matchup, A-Dub, you and I both had the Bears winning this game. I had us winning 20 to 10. You had us winning 24 to 20. So, as I mentioned, the Bears won 16 14, and they didn't cover the damn spread. The damn spread was three points. We won by two. Damn you, Chicago. Damn you. I had to <laughs> to hit that spread, A-Dub. Last second yesterday, I was on DraftKings, and I I saw that line staring at me, and, that, and earlier in the week, it was three and a half. I saw that three, and I said, ooh, I think this is a sign. I'm doing it. Shouldn't have done it. Should have stayed off that damn app yesterday. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. Let's review some of our keys to the game, A-Dub. So the first key I had was balance on offense. I said, with Justin Fields being out and with Andy Dalton being that quarterback, I wanted to see more balance. I wanted to see the running game get opened up, and I wanted to see the passing game kind of do its thing a little bit. And I feel like in this matchup, A-Dub, I thought we saw a decent amount of balance on offense. I thought that the passing game was solid, and the running game had some limitations there. But then my second one was neutralizing TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson only had three catches. He did get a score there late in the game, but he was still a non-factor in my opinion, man.
0: Yeah, he didn't go off for it. You're right. He got a, a nice one in there. You're a little bit confusing right there with coverage there with Senator having to have to cover two people. But, you know, it is what it is. You're right. He didn't go off, so I thought we contained him for the most part. All right. So then what was the key that you
1: had, uh, A. W. Because I know you mentioned one uh, towards the end of our preview pod the other day.
0: Yeah, I thought about us playing a complete game for offense, cooking, defense, doing their thing. And we didn't play a complete game. And to piggyback on that, I think when I think about the complete game,
1: I also think about the fact of us playing a whole complete four quarters of the game because we've seen so many times this season where they struggled, started out slow in the first half. The second half, they kind of picked things up. And I even thought in this game, I thought it was still decent, but I don't think we played a complete four quarters. That first quarter, we were really slow as well. Yeah, very sluggish game. Very sluggish game. So key storylines, audience, heading into week 12. We all knew that Justin Fields was going to be out. He hurt his rib in that Ravens game. And we... I heard a lot of reports about his health. We, we heard that, hey, he didn't have a broken rib. They said the uh, x-rays that he took earlier in the week came back negative. However, Justin did get some additional test results that came in. They said he had a few cracked ribs, but they said that they weren't anything deemed major. So going into this matchup, we knew we were going to have no Justin Fields. We knew Dalton was going to be that guy. Adub, when you look at the situation with Justin Fields now, if Justin Fields is able to go week 13, who do you think is going to be out there quarterback?
0: You think it's going to be Fields, or do you think it's going to be a daughter? I think it'll be Fields. This is actually Fields' team, and right? I think we've already invested in this kid to actually take over as the starting quarterback, so I think it should be him. But you never know what will happen, but it all depends on health, right? But he's fully 100% for us. Let's go with Fields.
1: Yeah, I, and I think, too, I, I agree with you 100%. We We talk about it so much that this season is all about this kid's development, but also his health. And I think that we got to put a priority on on that. So I don't want them to rush him back if there's anything that that can offer any sort of long-term damage to this kid's body. But they say the good news is they think that he should be able to return shortly. And we have a 10-day break between these week 12 and week 13 games before we face the Cardinals on the fifth. So that probably should give Justin Fields enough time to kind of get things back and, 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 go, and work in order.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the other key factor, for us is are they going to with them? You got to consider that, too, you know, the fact that he's been off, trying to nurse his health. So you don't want to rush him back, like you said. But definitely, if he's 100%, he looks good, throw him back out there. At the end of the day, man, that's really what it's all about for us. That's the thing
1: that's getting everybody excited with this team as far as the future. The future is Justin Fields. He, like you said, man, this is his team. I look forward to just seeing what the rest of the season looks like for him. Because I think for us, just watching this team right now, we know that this is not a playoff team. We know all the rumors that were circulating around the head coach. That was a really, really weird situation that was going on at Hallis Hall. The reports that came out this week, which we don't know if they were true. We don't know if they were false. Because for all we know, those reports and rumors were true, A-Dub, and then the ownership group. They got embarrassed when that shit got out, and they said, well, we can't do it now. <laughs> so, he, right. he know. But when it comes to Matt Nagy, leading into this game, he's heard the rumors. We've heard the rumors. The fire Nagy chants have been going on everywhere. And damn, the Bears games, Bulls games, the wrestling events here in Chicago, and his son's game, which you and I both said that shit was weak. Please, people, be better. You know, do better. This man, it's all fair at the Bears game for you to yell fire Nagy chants. I'll do that shit at no kids game. If you see his kids at
0: dinner and with the family, don't do that shit. Certain things are just off limits. Just be better. Let the man enjoy his time with his family. Let him enjoy that family time, especially with his kid. You don't want to create no trouble with his kids and family because you're upset with Maggie and his um, play call, et cetera, how you've been with this this various team. So you got to be careful with that. The audience, you guys all have
1: to realize that this man is not going to be the coach of this team next season. And, that's the thing that I'm happy about, not the fact that I'm wishing that this man doesn't have a job, but I'm happy to know potentially that there's going to be a way out from this current situation. Because when I look at him, I just look at a guy on the sideline. I even noticed it a couple of times in the game yesterday. This confidence, he doesn't have that confidence anymore. He just looks like a man that's like dead man walking. And you got to get that energy off your team. That's weighing down that team. You you know that the players now, they're hearing these reports. They know that their coach's
0: uh, job is, is on the line. That doesn't bode well for success in that locker room. No, it doesn't, man, because that's the distraction, really, on, on the team. When you hear about reports, your coach and what's going on, and like you said, Perez, about how the coach look on the sideline, all this doesn't give a good look. So, you know, it just makes it tougher for a lot of the players. Sometimes when these reports come out,
1: I don't believe everything you fucking hear. If it's not coming from someone that's locked in, a uh, Bears beat reporter, insider type of guy, don't just believe every little thing that comes out there. Because sometimes some of those reports get leaked by people in the organization for one reason or another. We'll never understand why they leak certain things, but just see who the source is of, the, of, of these reports sometimes before you take things around with it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, got to be a credible
0: source. Got
1: to be a credible one. In this situation with the journalists from the patch, yeah, everybody was like, oh, yeah, well, he's won a Pulitzer. Pulitzer. And I said, yeah, no, that's cool. I know the guy's got his chops, but at the same time, the guy don't even cover sports. So when you got a guy like that breaking a story, you just got
0: to think, like, why did they leak that to him? How did he get that? <laughs> why didn't they get that to what the guy's on the beat? Even still, with the reports coming out, as you know, it just wasn't going to be a good feel. All
1: right, A-Dub. So going into this matchup, we all knew the Khalil Mack was out. He's out for the rest of the season, undergoing foot surgery. But also, Akeem Hicks, A-Rob, and also, as we mentioned earlier, Justin Fields were all out for this matchup. So, A-Rob was out. And this is something that you and I talked about in our previous show of, okay, with him being out, Darnell Mooney is going to have to step up. And I think in this game, Darnell Mooney is showing you, this kid may not be maybe a wide receiver one in this in this league, but he's showing you that he
0: is going to be a great wide receiver two in the NFL. I was kind of impressed with him. Um, this is probably an efficient, well, it was an efficient game for him, Perez. I know last week he got a lot of targets. He said in a post-game interview that, hey, he wanted to come out in this game. he would be more focused. He was kind of upset about last game. You know what? He came out this game and showed us something, man. That 52-yard catch he called from Dalton, that was awesome. So that deep ball, man, starting to work, Press Starting to work. We're starting to see some traction there. Well, those are the plays that we left on the field last year with Darnell Mooney. You saw how many
1: times that kid was running away, breaking the open, and, and the quarterbacks, whether it was Foles or Mitch, they couldn't get the kid the ball. I joked about it last year on the pod. I was like, Darnell Mooney's somewhere right now, wide open. And those guys are still <laughs> but yeah, they were still missing. But as we mentioned, though, with Dalton and Fields, you have guys that can hit those deep shots. And especially we've seen it with Dalton a lot so far with him being able to take those deep shots with some of these speedy weapons on the offense. So, you know, that's something down the stretch that I'm going to keep my eye on and just making sure that we continue to
0: see those explosive plays when they're available. Absolutely, Prez. And the fact that we weren't afraid to take shots and also, we landed, we executed. That's always a plus, man. I mean, you as a Bears fan, you feel good about that part of the game. You've seen that happen. And as I mentioned, too, and I, and I said this on a couple of
1: episodes, when it came to Andy Dalton, I know the guy took a lot of shit from the fan base, the media. A lot of people were like, hey, wh- why'd you sign this guy? My only issue with this, the signing of Andy Darton was the fact that they didn't do it last year instead of trading for Nick Foles. So that was why I was kind of a little upset with this thing when it come, when it came down the pipeline. But you talked about efficiency when it came to Darnell Mooney. But I think that Andy Dalton has been very efficient in his limited playing time this season. And I thought that Andy Dalton, when you think about it, when he picked up some of that playing time in that Ravens game and he looked pretty good there in that second half. And I look at this game that we had with the Lions yesterday. I thought he was solid again in that ball game, A-Dub. Eh, he went for over 300 yards, had a solid passer rating, and he did just enough.
0: To get this team to victory yesterday, he was out there motivated. That's one thing I say about him. He had leadership out there, even when he threw an interception, Prince. He still went over to the guys to pump them up. So yeah, Eddie Dalton man has held his own ground. He's been doing good. So it's good to see him out there. I think when you and I talked about Eddie Dalton early on and coming to this season, press, you and not have an issue with him starting. You know, being the first green no. quarterback because we knew about him. Like you know what, well, he can do some things. He can make the deep ball. He's a solid quarterback, you know, and he's a vet. So and he may be playing for his next job. Yeah, whether it's here in Chicago or
1: somewhere else. But Andy Dalton's NFL future is going to be solid because teams are seeing how he's handled this whole situation here in Chicago, how he's been there for Justin, and how when his number's been called, he's went out there and performed. So Andy Dalton will be good. He'll have some suitors uh, next season, for sure. Obviously, we snapped that five-game losing streak. We had plenty of controversy this week, and I'm sure down the stretch here, we're going to continue to hear stuff with, related to Matt Nagy's future. When I look at our record right now being 4-7, and seven, the fact that two of those wins come against the Detroit Lions, it just really makes me realize how this season got away from us and how this team, as I've mentioned so many times before, is going nowhere fast. Two out of our four wins have come against the Detroit fucking Lions.
0: The fact that we got two out of four against them, we talked about Gray Bay, other teams we faced outside of the division, we talked about them who are very good, like the Ravens. And we got to get wins against those teams like that, Perez. So we can't get wins against the big teams, the big names, teams with over 500 record. That's going to be tough for us. And um, you can't get to the playoffs playing that way.
1: Yeah, but my point of that is saying that you can't feel good about having four wins or two of them come against a winless team. A two-point victory against the Lions, as I mentioned earlier, I was okay with the win just because, listen, it broke up the loser streak. I was tired of talking about losses. But, audience, we still know that in this modern-day NFL, your offense has to score more than 16 points, especially against the Detroit Lions. And that's why, while I enjoyed the win yesterday, when I woke up today, I just still looked at it and I said, my franchise needs to be better. There's teams in this NFL, I'm watching that Vegas game yesterday, and I'm looking at the way they're scoring points, and I'm like, damn, that would feel good to have an offense that can be competent. And while our offense was solid,
0: it still only scores 16 points in this matchup. And that, me, that's just problematic. You would think watching this game that we should have had more points than that. I mean, we left a lot out on that field. I mean, we even had good field positioning and they execute on that. So yeah, prez, I'm with you, we should have had more than 16 points, so you don't get a good feeling after watching this game and seeing that, hey, at all these jars that Eddie Dog threw for, all we got is 16 points. we to switch gears with you a little bit. You knew the lions were in trouble yesterday with what? I knew they were in trouble, prez, on our last possession. They were in trouble with the fact that we ran the clock out. We had the ball for like eight minutes mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I knew they were in trouble then. They were in in a bad spot. They were calling half outs, picking up penalties. I mean, I said, man, this Detroit Lions team is troubling, self-destruction going on. So they just couldn't keep it together with penalties.
1: Now that's a good call out, they did because yes, we did control the clock on that drive. I mean, we we moved the chains, it looked pretty efficient there. So no, I, I like that one. That's a good call out. For me. I knew the Lions were in trouble when my boy Roquan Smith knocked DeAndre Swift out of the game on that tackle on the sideline. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, Roquan Smith, I know he get a lot of people coming for him and saying, oh, he gets a lot of tackles, but they're empty calories. Look, when you watch that man flying from sideline to sideline and hitting people the way he hits people, he finished that play with DeAndre Swift. And when DeAndre Swift didn't get up, I was like, yeah, I wasn't surprised about that one because
0: Roquan slammed the shit out of him on that damn shoulder. Man, that was a good-ass hit, Perez. Yep. Like you said, side of the sideline, he caught him. I said, man, he's going to feel this one here. But mm-hmm. I thought it was going to get back up, but realizing realized, looking at it again, I said, hold on, he's he down. He's staying yeah. down. So, yeah, big he hit by Roquan.
1: And that's the thing, because when we talked about this matchup, we talked about DeAndre Swift being someone that we had to neutralize and contain. And Roquan was like, no, I got y'all. I'll take care of him. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, yeah. we saw Swift over there on the sideline, and that was it. You know, And I think that was key for us in this matchup because from there, A-Dub, I really liked how we played on defense because we really neutralized that Lions
0: run game. Yeah, I thought we did a very good job with that, for instance. I mean, you're right. He was right there shooting the gaps. He was right there, you know, um, at key stops and, and tackling. So, like I say, even when Swift got hurt, he was really on that play as well. So it's like, man, you'd like to see us stop the run first. If we can stop the run, we can do a lot of things with the, with the game. Going into this matchup, the Bears were already
1: very short-handed on defense. I already talked about the guys on, on defense that are out. The fact that even after Roquan Smith got hurt and our defense was still able to hold solid in there, you saw Ogletree in there making plays there. You saw Christian Jones out there making plays. You saw Bilal Nichols making plays. And so I was very happy to see that our defense was able to keep that Detroit Lions offense in check. That running game only has 76 yards. And as I talked about earlier with the offense doing just enough to get the victory, I thought the defense did just enough to give the offense an opportunity to get the win, especially on that last drive that the offense had that you talked about earlier, though.
0: Yeah, man, I thought our defense played uh, pretty well today, Perez. Um, Of course, the good thing is we didn't leave it to the defense on the last drive. That's always a plus because, you know, a couple of last drives we had, you know, in the past couple of games against the Steelers and Ravens, it didn't turn out well. But I thought that our defense this game here done enough, man. They held their own ground, they got stops, they put a lot of pressure on that um, offensive line to where those guys on uh, Detroit were holding us and picking yep. up penalties. So that, that that came because of our pressure. So I got to give the guys on the line a lot of credit.
1: Yeah. Now, on that side, yes. But then on the flip side, A-Dub, that secondary still is too goddamn leaky for me, man. It is <laughs> too leaky. Outside of Jalen Johnson, man, especially a corner, what are we doing? I keep telling you, Vildor was misplaced. They yes. have already Burns out there who got to start today because they haven't liked what they've seen from Vildor. And then Artie Burns comes in and gives up a big play in the first quarter. So it's like,
0: when you look at the secondary, this thing is awful. You actually got a decent pass rush, but your secondary is still getting beat. That's the hard part right there. A lot of teams are not, like you always said before, they're not attacking Jalen Johnson. They go no. on the opposite side. They're looking at Vildor, Artie Burns, Duke Shelley. Let's light those guys up. We need somebody to help out Jalen Johnson big time. And that's why I always say, while well,
1: everybody's really quick, And I think you even brought it up too recently, but I think we've both been saying this collectively about the whole situation that, yes, Matt Nagy's a part of the problem, but so is Ryan Pace. So is Ted Phillips. And so when you look at the situation at cornerback, I'm going to repeat myself again, audience, that was created by Ryan Pace, cutting Kyle Fuller. And I know people will say, well, Kyle Fuller's bitch right now in Denver. Okay, but the simple fact of the matter is, Kyle Fuller, when he was in a Bears uniform, played his ass off. Kyle Fuller was all pro corner. You didn't replace yeah. him with anybody except for two unproven people. That is not a recipe for success. That's on Ryan Pace. And so that's why a lot of times when people will try to tell us, well, Ryan Pace drafted this guy, this guy. Well, when you start to look at some of these late-round guys that he's hit on and look at what they're doing now, they'll tell you about Tariq Cohen. They'll tell you about Eddie Jackson. But both of these guys that were initially hits They don't look like hits right now. Tariq Cohen's probably not going to come back this season. And Eddie Jackson, we still haven't seen Eddie Jackson. it has been a couple seasons now. So when you start to look at that, those picks don't look as good as they did originally. So you start to
0: look at Ryan Pace for what he is, a guy that misses on free agents and a guy that misses in the draft. I want to piggyback on something when you talk about Eddie Jackson. You're right. He has not looked sharp at all. The last few seasons, he's looked bad, right? And then you mentioned about some of the things that happened since uh, left. Man, we cannot get this thing figured out here when it comes down to cornerback uh, position, DBs. That's all. Like you say, it's all on Ryan Pace, man. He has to do a better job with all this stuff. And a lot of things are coming back to backfire on him now. Yeah, and so that's why I look at this thing at the end of
1: the season. The McCaskies, a lot of people say they got some tough decisions. No, they don't have no tough decisions. These decisions are not tough. They're very easy. You know what you need to do. You guys just have to have the courage to go do it. But what you also have to do it's hire a football guy that make the decisions that are going to make sure that they put this team back where it belongs. Because when you look at this season right here, 4-7, and seven, this season is all about Justin Fields' development, as we keep talking about. Right. But next season, we don't have time to be wasting any more of Khalil Mack's prime. If Khalil Mack is going to be on this team next season, then we need to have a fucking offense that's going to be tailored to Justin Fields' strengths. And That team is going to be able to compete on both sides of the ball, a dub. Because right now in this modern-day NFL, you can't have an offense that's only scoring 16 fucking points to get a winless Detroit Lions team. We got to be able to consistently score 30 points on these teams, especially when we got a quarterback as talented as Justin Fields in that backfield. That should be the ultimate concern, is finding a head coach that can unlock everything that's inside of Justin Fields and putting the pieces around him where this
0: kid can fucking thrive. mccaskey has got the handful we do need to make sure that this team is surrounded by Justin Fields. We have the weapons and the pieces that's going to help the team to thrive. And most important, like you said, Perez, the coach, the head coach that can help this kid get to the next level. So, yeah, man, all those things you mentioned there, Perez, but our defense, we definitely going to need some help on that defense because you're right, man, we cannot waste the little Mac. We finally got Quinn working well with him because that secondary looking really bad these days. So it's a lot of work on the McCaskies. In general, Perez, I hope they're ready for this year. They got to do a better job with this team going forward. And you mentioned the head coach, but I'm
1: also going to say the offensive of coordinator, the quarterbacks coach. You got to get a whole entire offensive of staff. Nagy and company always talk about collaboration, but that ain't the collaboration that's going to make anything successful with Justin Fields. We need to have collaboration with offensive minds, young offensive minds that understand how to exploit matchups and how to put this kid in the best position possible. That is the collaboration that I want to see in Hallis Hall in 2022. No more of this fucking collaboration that they're doing now where they got all these damn cooks in the kitchen and don't nobody know how to fucking cook. Sick of it. Man, everybody in the kitchen just boiling water, press. That's all they do. They I don't know what they're doing, but they need to get their asses up out of there. Like my grandmother used to say, a bunch of people used to be in the kitchen during the holidays. She'd be like, what you need? All right, go ahead and go and get up out of here. Go ahead have have and see. Watch that game. She didn't want you all up in the kitchen like that. We need some people who's going to be in that kitchen to know what the hell they're doing. And if you ain't got no business <laughs> being in that kitchen, like my grandma said, go ahead and get out of here and go have a seat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and grandma is right hey she didn't want people
1: around hey get mm-hmm. out this kitchen here <laughs> mm-hmm. yes sir artists right, I know we got off track on of just recapping the Lions game but there's just so much that we just see with this team and we're like we're just tired of this A 16 to 14 victory against the Lions I'm not feeling all that super pumped about it all I'm thinking about is why can't my team be good I'm sick of fucking sitting here dealing with these mediocrity average ass offense and this. Thinking about, oh man, but this person looks promising, and this is what if here? What no, fuck that. What else? I want to win. So I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. With this matchup yesterday, A-Dub, we talked about it earlier. Andy Dub found some success in the air and went over for 300 yards, and it was an effective passing attack. So
0: what did you like on that game plan offensively? What well, I like on the game plan offensively, Chris. I like the fact that we threw screen plays. I like the fact that, you know, we got some yards out of that. I like the fact that we took deep shots down the field. I like the fact that we got our our tight ends involved in the game. Cole Komet and Mm, Graham, those guys involved, I thought that was excellent. I think we only had maybe one offensive penalty for us in the first half. I believe that was um, declined by uh, Detroit Lions. So I thought, for the most part, we played an okay game from that perspective. AW, I think the biggest thing that you brought up that I really
1: liked was the fact that we got those tight ends involved. I was really pissed in that Ravens game how they went away from Cole Komet. And I thought in this game here, especially on that final drive, Dalton found Cole commit early and often, and he kept the chains moving. Cole commit, I think, has the potential to be a really solid tight end in this league. But again, it all comes back to system and scheme and making sure that you don't go away from a guy like that. So in this game here, Cole commit continues to show you what he could do if they scheme plays to him and get him involved. Jimmy Graham, he had a solid game. And I still don't know why Jimmy Graham wasn't getting the ball early in the season. But you see, he scored a touchdown in this game. That final drive that you mentioned, they moved the chains so nice on there. I mean, Dalton was just taking what the Lions defense was giving him. He picked them apart. As I mentioned, Cole Komet, Jameer Bird, he was just getting those guys plays. Every chance they were, if they were open, he was feeding the ball. It was a very efficient play. And it was also helped by the Lions with those penalties like you mentioned earlier.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Perez? Even with that, eight minutes and 30 seconds is a lot of clock, right? That is a lot of time. And that's something we don't see often when it comes out to the Bears, milk with a clock like that. So I got to give the Bears a lot of credit for that last drive. Yeah, I think the thing, too, with me that I liked about the
1: game plan is just the fact that Dalton was able to command the offense, A-Dub. And I thought he kept the plays alive pretty well. And the thing that you mentioned about only one sack, that's huge. You know, because the one thing that I always say about when it comes to Andy Dalton is he gets rid of the ball quick. He's not going to hold on to the ball. That helps out your offensive line. Very solid performance by Andy Dalton. As you mentioned, that 18-play drive, that thing was nice. They were just carving those motherfuckers up. It was really nice. But (laughs) Yeah, it was. And that's why I asked you the question earlier about, hey, what's going to happen with Dalton if Justin Fields is back and ready? And I meant that more as a kind of just like being sarcastic because there were some Bears fans, that were on Twitter and they were saying, oh, well, see, this is why Dalton should have been out there and this is why Dalton needs to be starting the end of the season and this and that. And this is what I want people to realize. Yeah, Dalton was solid. Solid is okay. But Justin Fields has the potential to be box office. That's what I want to see. That's why I want to continue to let this kid develop. You know what Andy Dalton's ceiling is. We haven't seen the best of what Justin Fields could do yet in this league. And that is why we all want this kid back out there as soon as he's able to return.
0: No, you make a good point, Chris. That ceiling for uh, Justin Fields is very high, very high. And you're right. We all know what Eddie Dalton can do. It's nothing new. It's him over his career, you know? Dallas Cowboys, Cincinnati, you know? I mean, we've seen the guy. But the thing is, you're right, man. Justin Fields can be on a different level. I always think about the future, but Justin Fields has a very, very, right
1: future yes he does yes he does a dub but before we uh get into game balls i did want to segue over to what you didn't like about the offense today because for me a dub i didn't like the running the game man i thought the running game was ineffective for us today and i thought in this matchup if you recall audience i discussed the fact of hey having that balanced offensive of attack with Andy dog being in there would potentially open up that running game a little bit for montgomery but we didn't see that in this ballgame. I was pretty surprised that that Lions defense was able to hold him in check because the Lions got one of the worst rushing defenses in the entire NFL. We only had 68 rushing yards, and they did try to run the ball. I thought they ran it almost 30 times in the ballgame. So we did not get what we thought we were going to get in that running game yesterday.
0: No, we did not, man, Press, We didn't run the football well, but I also thought we abandoned the run, too, in that first half. I believe Randy he threw the ball like almost 30 times, 26 in the first half, we only had, like, what, five rushing plays. So it's like, really, we went pretty much pass heavy. And I thought, like you said, we could have done a better job uh, with um, still adding the run. You can't avoid the run game, right, Perez? You still got to keep the defense honest. That's probably why we left points on the table. The other thing I thought about as well, Perez, is when we had good field positioning, we didn't take full advantage of that. And then, you know, when you saw Andy Dalton on one of those um, drives through an interception, and we wouldn't really run the football. So they kind of knew what was coming in the way, and it came back to bite us. Yeah, I mean I do agree with that. In the first
1: half, they definitely went past happy, but that's what Nagy and Laser tend to do. They tend to abandon the running game. But at the same time, though, when they did try to run the football, there were opportunities were not there. David Montgomery was getting bottled up. Now, David Montgomery's always gonna run the ball hard. And I will say this the guy doesn't quit on the run to play. It's just he didn't have the lanes there in that run game yesterday. And I was just surprised by that because, like I said, the Detroit Lions rushing defense is not a goal. But David Montgomery. Not only just a key piece of this office, A-Dub, but a key piece of the future of this organization. And you and I are going to be talking about this a lot, the future. Well, the future, I think, has some talent on this roster, and it's bright. And that's kind of where I'm kind of segueing my attention and focus is going to be on the future and the development and also the ascension of certain guys on this roster. And David Montgomery, Justin Fields, just to name a few, are just some people that make me excited
0: for the future of this franchise, A-Dub. We do have some pieces that you look forward to seeing continue to grow and develop and get better. I mean, you, you talked about those two guys. I like Lil Herbert. I thought he's another one. Uh, Money Moon's still getting better. So, all right, A-Dub, let's give out some game balls. Or offense, who's getting your game ball? On my offense, I gave it to um, Andy Dalton. Okay. And I thought that with a short week like this, friends, with all the turmoil that's going on, these guys did a, a lot of walkthroughs, didn't really practice like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that's happening, you know, <laughs> that's all that, that was going on there. That's a big distraction. And to come out and to command his offense the way he did, Perez, under those circumstances, short short week, I thought he did well. And um, he didn't miss quite of a beat. He had a good game. Got everyone involved in the game, especially our tight ends. And I thought he, had a, he was very sharp out there at times. Yeah, and I was happy for him, seeing him out there
1: after the game, when they were interviewing him, and he was talking about how his family was there and stuff like that. And- that's the thing that we talked about with Dalton. He's a guy. He's a good guy. He seems like he's a great locker room guy, and he's been very supportive of Justin Fields. So I was happy for him, and I think that's a very fair game ball recipient, uh, A-Dub. Yes, sir. For me, I, I'm going with your boy Money Moon. I give it to Darnell <laughs> Mooney. Third 100-yard receiving game this season. A-Dub, that over we took on, on uh, Mooney, over 660 uh, receiving yards for the season. Ooh, that thing looking good, looking good. Darnell Mooney's out there getting them yards, man. Five catches, 123, that 52-yarder that you talked about when he was wide open. When he, on that little move when he made, when he, like, gave that little shoulder dip and then he cut it outside to the right, I was like, boy, that was a nice route. And that's what we've seen from Darnell Mooney. That route-running ability, the ability to get open and utilizing that speed, my goodness, man. I just can't wait till he gets that consistent chemistry with
0: Justin Fields. I think it's going to be a thing of beauty between those two. <laughs> I love that crossing route, man. That deep ball coming, man, it's it's been a beauty to see. I'm glad Andy Dalton was able to land that one. It was a good pass right there from Andy Dalton. But, man, Money Moon definitely held that in, and that was a great play for us. He also had another um, catch, a deep pass, right, and on that third drive that I thought um, that Dalton hit him with for, like, 33 yards. So, yeah, man, he's been making some big plays for us. So, got to salute that guy. He was uh, efficient, like you talked about, Perez five for what, eight targets? I thought he only had really one bad playoff that dropped pass in the first quarter on that first drive. But other than that, he was sensational the rest of the game. I think he was
1: way more efficient this week than he was last week. That's why last week I didn't give him my game ball. While well, I thought, yeah, he had a decent performance. He made that play. But on 16 targets, I just thought he wasn't as efficient as he could have been. And we could yeah. say it was a combination of fields and Dalton maybe not putting the ball in certain spots. But he also had some drops too. But I thought he made the best of his opportunities in this game yesterday. That's why he got my game ball here for week 12. All right, who's getting the
0: game ball on defense, bro? On defense, I went with Quinn. Here's why I went with Quinn. Quinn gave Decker that that left tackle for Detroit a nightmare. That dude Mm -hmm. was holding. He couldn't contain. He could not contain Robert Quinn, man. Robert Quinn also got that sack as well, you know, beating him on that play. So Robert Quinn made a big difference in this game. Well, I could rock with that one all day long. Robert Quinn, what a season he's having.
1: This man not only is going to probably be NFL comeback player of the year, but he's going to be in conversation for defensive player of the year with the way he's playing because you're right. He gave Decker some fits out there. This man here, these teams now are game planning against him and he is still having success. Third game in a row, he got to the quarterbacks, got 11 sacks on the season. He also forced a fumble between him and Gibson there. They knocked that thing out. So the Bears have definitely, definitely struck gold with with Robert Quinn. It's just a shame that Khalil Mack got hurt this season because God knows what this defense could have done with both of those guys wreaking havoc out there, man.
0: Perez, it's so unfortunate that Khalil Mack's season has ended because I like what they were doing early on together. They both was making um, a big difference. Robert Quinn on his own, man. He's still holding it down, Perez, and you like seeing that. Listen, outside of Roquan Smith,
1: Robert Quinn has been the most consistent player on defense this year, and he's definitely shown the Bears fan base that he wasn't a bad player. I just think the guy had an uneven season last year, but he's putting it all together here in 2021. This has been awesome to see.
0: Yeah, it's been awesome to see. I know last year, Prez, you and I talked about him a lot last season. Part of that was injuries that played a factor, but it's good to see that he's healthy, and he's making the most of this season. All right, man. My bear down, my underperformer for Week 12 is
1: Artie Burns. I <laughs> talked about it a little bit earlier. He hadn't played a down of defense leading into this matchup. And that play that he had when he got beat for that touchdown, I kind of looked at that as, like, I don't need to see him anymore out there going forward. If that's what we're going to see from a veteran in his league getting beat like that, well, then put fucking Vildor back out there because Marty Burns, we shouldn't see that from you. You're a veteran in
0: his league. And you got toasted on that play. Toasted, bro. Damn. <laughs> hey, friends, I don't disagree with you because I actually had him as mind as well. I was like, dude where you at, man? I said, I understand that, you know, uh, Vildor wasn't that good, but damn, all right, man, you got to step the game up. It was good to see all Burns, but man, I was kind of disappointed in him in that first half because I thought he could have done a better job at uh, at coverage, so he has some blown coverages out there that make, and, uh, Detroit made us pay. I think when you get beat on a big touchdown,
1: I think that's the one that most people are going to think about, especially because he got beat by Josh Reynolds, who's not a world beater in the NFL by any means, and that was on the opening drive of the game, so that one I think is just kind of why I, I kinda hang my hat on on that bad performance. That's a veteran. This guy's a former first round draft pick. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do with that cornerback position because we we just got a whole lot of nothing opposing Jalen Johnson on this team
0: right now. It shows right now, it's very obvious. We didn't see that all season. We know for sure that it's a problem. Jalen Johnson needs help. Last time that these Lions and the Bears
1: played, we won comfortably in week four. This time around. We needed some late-game heroics. You guys take it for what it was. I still say, you know what? Cool that we won. On the other hand of, this, of, this, of the spectrum here, all I care about going forward is how Justin Fields looks, how he continues to develop, and if he stays healthy, and how some of this young talent on the team that we've talked about in the past, how these guys continue to improve going forward. Because while Matt Nagy's future here in Chicago is uncertain, I'm not going to sit here and concern myself with that too much because I know that the guy's probably going to be good as gone. But I'm going to be focusing on the people that are going to be here in 2022.
0: That's where my immediate focus goes here down the stretch. It's all about Justin Fields, man. This kid is the guy that uh, we think is going to take us to another level. And that's what should all be, be about him, his development, his growth. And next season come here, we should make sure we have him set up for success in that season as well. But, audience, as we
1: mentioned, this schedule... Does not let up on us. We got the Cardinals coming in here in 10 days. We got the Packers on the schedule. We got the Minnesota Vikings on deck. We got a lot here that we're going to recap with you guys and discuss and break down. So we appreciate you guys and your continued support of this show. We hope all you guys had a very, very happy Thanksgiving. We owe you guys a trivia question. So here it is. In 1980, the Bears played a Thanksgiving playoff game against the Detroit Lions. And at the time, the Bears were recorded as having the fastest overtime victory. What play gave the Bears the win in overtime in that 1980 Thanksgiving game against the Lions? So I'll repeat, at that time, the Bears had recorded the fastest overtime victory in 1980 against the Detroit Lions. What play
0: gave the Bears the victory in that matchup? Hit us up and let us know. Hey, man, I'm going to take advantage of this victory here, Perez. It's time to get ready for the next game, man. It's time to get ready. All right, audience, we appreciate you all for listening, and we're going to be hitting you guys with the women's circle tomorrow, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Barry Stinches podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your team support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us.